Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs are going to get together every week and discuss the important things in life, like creating a mythical fantasy realm instead of, like, getting, like, a real job. Uh, this week we have with us Emily Kuklinski, a.k.a. The Punny Emily. Hello! Uh, we've got Matthew Danet, also known as Mr. Funtown. Hello! And we've got Remco Verme, uh, the unlikely GM. Hello! And also, you've got me, your host, Ismay Hutton, and I am known mostly here as a teacup gamer. Uh, so this week, everybody, we are talking about how to start on, like, just like the tiny task of creating an entirely new world and existence in which a bunch of people live from your imagination land. The Dungeon Master's Guide kind of core assumptions at the very start, uh, it suggests that you think about the fact that, you know, the gods in the world are real. Um, most of the world is untamed. You have to think about how old the world is and how conflict has shaped the world and finally how magic is real. Uh, my, my first question is how did you guys use that and kind of divert from that? Personally, I don't, I don't know. Like, the Dungeon Master's Guide is really good and everything, but it just, it seems really restrictive. Like, mm. it's like, oh, you have to think a certain way to make a world. And I prefer to, like, look at it as, like, I start off with, like, a base fantasy world, like, with all the races that are in D&D, &D, mm -hmm. and then just build on there. That's, that's usually how I do it. I, I've never really delved into, like, gods much in my D&D &D campaigns Aww, nice. no one's ever a cleric like no, that's no fair. one wants to be a healer no yeah. my favorite class for real oh you're a dying breed and you're a sweet angel for doing it but th those rare moments you get to play as a gem I'm like i uh, let me be the cleric i i've i've never gone clerics because i've just oh god like i feel like it's too much like nice for me Oh, clerics don't have to be nice. You can be an evil god. It's the first still that's great. It's the it's the you can go any super. You pick a deity and 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 the path, and and it, you suddenly have more flavor than every other character to start off with. Yeah. Um. Well, like at least for me personally, when like I I really liked reading through the Dungeon Master Guide just because it kind of gave me. A jumping off point I guess like every time that I looked through it I would stop reading whenever like I got an idea and automatically just go and like go on my own little tangent um, I think for instance like when it started talking about how travel works between like worlds and between planes uh, I just disregarded that entirely and I started writing pages upon pages of how travel works in my world, which I I really like as a diversion kind of thing. I, I prefer to keep mine like focused and um, more like instead of looking at the, the like multiple worlds, I like to like proper focusing on like a town or a county in my in my like world. So you just go like real little and then spread out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like that's insane to me. Like, it's like it's uh, a lot of people have done it like that. Like, um, my my DM like um started on that kind of small scale and started branching out, whereas I just wanted to get an entire world to get a scale of things. Mm. I guess. Well, I'd love to add to that. Amount. First, I wanted to respond to uh, what you said earlier about uh, like the standard things, the sound assumptions down the DM's guy. 
And you know, one person saying, oh, "Well, the DMs guy is um, has all these standard assumptions, and those get thrown out the window." I think there's a, a certain middle ground. Um, I, well, you, you shouldn't just be sticking to dungeon master. Obviously, it's a creative process, and you add whatever you like. Uh, I do see a lot of DMs newer to uh, to world building, or at least running campaigns, that feel too much of a need to throw it out entirely, that feel like they're doing something wrong by just following the Dungeon Master guy and they have to be super creative. Um, do not be afraid to have your classic fantasy world with the gods are real and with the wildlands, with monsters' creatures in them, and all the fantasy elements. You might think you're doing something unoriginal, but it's, uh, it's what most players expect, and it creates a world... The, the world, as described in the Dungeon Master Guide, does create a world that is easier for players to know what to expect and engage in. So it's it's not wrong to stick with those expectations. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that, like, kind of thing of... It, it is, like, I, I very much like my proper fantasy world. Like, there's a lot of times that I look at other people's campaigns um, that involve, like... A rich history of like magic is dead and all or all the gods are dead or like there's only one true god kind of thing where it's very much like oh look at what people normally do i want to do something completely different and yeah. i look at mine which is pretty like aside from like a couple of things is pretty standard of a world setup and like there there's just a part of me that thinks oh i'm not doing it as well because i've not got this kind of lore uh, where that's like completely that's complete bullshit because you're still creating like this entirely new world like what I what I always like to do when I create a world is I like to create a hook for it and the thing that the DM guide helped me out a lot with it is just that as soon as they introduce gods I'm like oh okay and I skipped ahead to the gods section and I read through and I'm like oh well I like the way that this god works and I like these Roman gods and it would just be sometimes an amalgamation of them and then using how the gods operate to create the laws of the world. So at least even if the players don't know them, I have a better idea of how I'm going to, to work around the world, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the exact same. Like I, I, I think with Matthew saying that, like, he doesn't super like doing the gods. Like, I love writing about the gods more than anything else. Like writing about the gods is one of like the main things that I love about DMing. Like, I think that that's endlessly fascinating, especially me, like, the atheist piece of shit that I am. <laughs> Just <laughs> thinking of, like, <laughs> the fact that not only are there gods, but they are proven, and that they give people magic powers. <laughs> I think that's dope as hell. Well, it's also, too, I as the DM, I am a god. And I like creating other gods, so I have, I'm have i in good company. I don't really agree on that sentiment, but... Again, yeah. <clears throat> uh. It's just who I am. Uh, uh, well, speaking of the gods, I'm going to keep referring to the Dungeons Master Guide because that's where most people get their like initial start out. Um, so the, the DMG uh, recommends that there are eight like godly domains and you have a god for each of them. Uh, the name, domains being death, knowledge, life, light, nature, tempest, trickery, and war. And then just kind of like assigning like a main god for them. Uh, what have you guys done in your kind of DM history of 
this whole like domains and set gods kind of thing um well first of all it, it depends what kind of, what we do um my advice uh, not to, well to to new people especially is just stick with what's in the guide not because it's so difficult to change the gods but because nine percent of the time it's wasted energy and no offense it's lovely to do it stuff and if you like to writing the stuff in your in your in your own time then by all means but for the purpose of making a D game it really doesn't matter much unless it plays a prominent role in your campaign personally i don't change it because my campaign isn't doesn't revolve around different gods and domains so you gotta realize that everything you write if it's not involved in the adventure that it's being written for who are you doing it for 90 percent of the players aren't going to read it you're just doing it for yourself and if you like role building go ahead i i'd say um be sparing change things only where they're actually suitable if you have some kind of uh evil cult worshippers in, in your adventure that uh that worship that god that you created then by all means write it out create a different domain for it but if you're not going to use any campaign i would say not touch it you're you're needlessly convoluting things that's fair like i i've always taken a kind of different approach to writing things like i i kind of like that aspect of knowing that not everyone is going to know about the things that you've written like it's kind of it's kind of annoying because again i've written like 15 to 20 pages about the gods uh just on my own time and like how each god like rose to power but i i love things like that like just kind of backstory for your own world and like as it's definitely not for everyone and i think in 100 percent like if you really just if if the gods don't interest you i think then just don't you don't have to touch it that much unless one of your players is like a paladin or a cleric you don't really have to like touch on the gods too much um, but if you if you like it and if like that's something that you want to kind of have in your world I think it adds a little more just like based on like what I've written on the gods like different towns look different or like they say different things because of like the way that their gods treat them or the way that their gods are and I, fuck, I, I think that that's like just like a fun extra thing you can do if you love it do it but don't expect 90% of the players to give a shit. Oh, yeah. And don't get insulted if they don't. Another thing I like to do is, like, um, if you aren't going to use gods in your game, try to figure out, like, what uh, what the substitute for a god is going to be. You know? So, like, uh, I'm not going to have deities, but I'm going to have these figures that almost act like gods. You know, like, there are these figures that your character is going to either emulate or someone that they're going to want to serve, like a king, or... like I, I usually try to put something in place of that. Yeah. Because I think it's important that they have a figurehead sometimes, and it depends on who you're playing with. It's either they're playing to uh, an important figure, or again, as I said before, I'm a god. So just, like, please me. <laughs> just, Bring just me cookies. Just make me happy. Bring me and snacks. And maybe I'll fudge your roll. That's all that people need. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I need. You bring me snacks, you're going to have a better time in the game. In the, the in the term of like creating something that's like like a god but isn't exactly a god. I like to go down like the god emperor route. Like in my worlds, I like to start off with everything's awful. <laughs> the heroes, the heroes are the common a common people who've like had a bit of training but as they level up, they they people start to recognize them or like 
like they're becoming like these heroes in this world of dark and depravity yeah. and awfulness I, and I love that like the way that you can like craft a world like this one time where I was running a party and um, there was this evil uh, overlord who had charge of a city and they had and the adventurers had to get something for him because they he had them in a noose like but there was this guard character who ev- who they hated at first but they started to like him because he was like talking to them and he was trying to explain like yeah we could overthrow this king but then we'd be in chaos and then uh, I killed him off in an awful way and made <laughs> one of my players cry good uh, and that was the most satisfying dm moment ever <laughs> It's like you make yeah. an imaginary person, imaginary person, like likable to real people. <laughs> and they are sad that I killed them, and I, I understand how George R. R. Martin does it. You're a horrible person. It's glorious, but horrible. No, it's great. Yeah. I I always love it when I, uh, American Gods with Neil Gaiman. There's uh, this one point where they talk about how like, you know, gods are all assholes in some aspect. Yeah. There was, there was one game we were playing where Taylor Swift was the paladin's deity. <laughs> <laughs> and good, good. I love her, hate her, whatever, but she was a lovely god. I would worship Tay-Tay. Yeah. <laughs> that was the most dry way that could have been said ever. <laughs> it's, it was beautiful. Like, she would strum her guitar and she'd be like, hello, it is I. I want you to cast off your goddess, Beyonce. And join me. Oh, easy. Yeah, Tay-Tay is my spirit animal. Screw Beyonce. <laughs> and so it's... Even if they're, like, a very good god, you have to... I think it's important to remember that every god can be angered. Or, like, they're flawed. Like, the Greek gods are all very human. Oh, god, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, god, yeah. And they create a lot of little half-humans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. they fuck a goat. Uh. <laughs> I don't know if we're going on about gods a bit too much no there's no such thing as too much there is. it's like uh, the best thing about D is like you're creating a world that feels real and i don't feel like in my world especially if the players don't go anywhere near a church they're never gonna really come across yeah. gods in my world like okay i agree that well it's, it's it is kind of an extension of what i said earlier um if it's not relevant in your campaign, there's no point in uh, writing it. I mean, you can write it for yourself, but in the perspective of creating a D&D adventure, uh, and that's what we're doing, because if, if you're just talking about world building, just world building outside the perspective of D&D, so f- for whatever reason, because you like doing it, because world building's your hobby, then by all means go into these details. In the perspective of creating a D&D game, you got to ask yourself, why are you world building? If you, can, if you just sit there and start building a world with no perspective with no framework of what the purpose of that that world is and the purpose of that world is to make to set your adventure in if you if you don't do that you're going to make endless lists of stuff that you spend time working at that aren't going to come up in the game so be it towns that they never visit deities that they never talk about uh spells they never cast uh i think think that's an eventuality anyway it's like you yeah. come up with this massive story and the players decide, oh no, we're just going to burn down the town instead. Of course, but you need to come up with the story first. You need to come up with the story first and then and then ask yourself, what elements of the world do I have to build for this story? And then build from that. If you're just going to build towns, it's like, oh, you're going to make a movie. Okay, let's build an amazing set. 
Let's hire the actors, put them in the set, aim a camera at them and say, tell them, uh, look, we've got, uh, we don't actually have a story for you yet, but we have an amazing set for you guys to act in. I don't in. know, I, for, at least from, sorry, it's just for me, like, I, yeah. I, I take a, like, I, I found this, like, endlessly interesting, because I take, like, a, like, a very different mm-hmm. approach to it, like, I like having just a set for people to play around in, like, obviously, it, your, your campaign is going to be nothing, like, your, your people are going to do nothing if you don't make a campaign, but, uh, then again, that's, like, mm-hmm. that's for a different episode, but... I like having this kind of sandbox world where if someone said, I don't want to do your stupid quest, like random person that came into the bar and said, oh, the mayor's daughter has been captured. Um, I just want to go and like run around in the hills. I like the idea that I've created a world in which that is completely possible. Like I, I did like obviously write campaigns before I started really fleshing out my world but in terms of like just in general i made an entire world before i set people running off and it amok yeah yeah like i my my style is heavily improv based yeah but i like to have a a basic skeleton oh yeah like and so that's where gods come in handy for me like that's usually where i start off first because i may never introduce gods to my game but i know how it's going to operate so like if i there's one game I had where the main arc was that all the gods in the world were dead and uh, like Dragonborn came and became the were were the people who were ruling and so it was like alright so if the gods are dead are they and do they want to come back and what does that make of the world well it's not going to be there are going to be patches where some people still worship them that are probably going to be rural so let me at least make one town that is dedicated to like the greek gods and uh all right so that means that my metropolitan areas are going to be more uh agnostic so they're going to be more heavily relied on like libraries and innovation right so it's Looking at the way that deities work is yeah. how I formulate how my cities and towns and how my people are going to operate. So even if I don't have everything planned, I understand my my rules. And then it's more flexible once the players come into come into play. Yeah, I think I think that's like that's around like my kind of like thinking with it. I think it, I think a lot of it might have to do with the kind of play styles that you like to do. Like for me like I like the whole sandbox style. I like when people yeah. get to choose what they want to do and go out and do it. Um where instead of um having very not not railroaded campaigns but just like actual campaigns that you're going to follow. Um, so it's more mm-hmm. about like player choice and player actions rather than players reacting to the events that you put in front of them. I don't think it's necessarily sandbox that is the defining factor here because both our campaigns are sandbox. But um, there is plenty of stuff I don't prepare. Um, if there's a city that I don't intend them to go for the story, they can completely, absolutely go there. But exactly as Emily said, I rely heavily on improv at that point, and I'm I enjoy uh, creating that city together with the players instead of having all this pre-built stuff uh, that, 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 that I've been writing in my own time. 
Also, one of the response to what someone in the chat said, Old Penny Blue has a has a has a great point about uh, w the way people worship the gods is a, is a much bigger factor than the gods themselves. So, I mean, you can write endlessly about the gods and their backgrounds, but what is the most important part? Because in the end, you got to think about what are your players interacting with. You're making the world for your players, not not really for you. So you got to think, well, how the players are going to see this? And indeed, you said about uh, Emily about uh, running a library. That is uh, that is the most important part. What did play? What are the players going to see about uh, about this god? About the people worshiping? What are the temples going to look like? What are they going to encounter? Um, that is a very important question to ask instead of just having this list of deities uh, in the in in the background that may or may not be relevant. And and then and that's uh, we're using deities now kind of as an example for other th other things as well i think i believe so we're not really banging on about details it's just an example but it all ties down into whatever you write you do have to think about how is it actually going to affect the story in the world and what yeah. the players interact i think i think that that's one of the the biggest parts about like the whole world world building things of like like no matter what you're doing or like how much or how little you're doing of it it's all like making sure that you know how it's going to interact with the players so like first like uh one of the one of the things that uh i i put in my campaign that i don't know why it threw me through such a loop but it super did i got so caught up for a while thinking about how the the world that i've created turns <laughs> around its version of the sun because i it, it was just like a moment of not everywhere is going to be like Earth. It's not always going to be hot in the middle, cold on each end. Uh, and I, I spent a good day thinking about how, and like researching how... How appropriate it took you a whole day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to like, spin a holy you on your axis around. to figure it out. Like I had to go a whole one, like 360 round the sun to like realize, oh no, that's a whole year. <laughs> oh, Ismay, no. <laughs> that would be too long. Um... But yeah, it was just like working out what, yeah. like how my world would turn, um, which just ended up with me thinking about how, uh, like how it would differ depending on like how my world's axis is going. And so now I've got, because I spent a day thinking about that, I've got a world that is very hot in the north because it's like always pointed at the sun and very fucking cold in the south because it's never seen the sun a day so it, it's 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 just like little things like that that you can just kind of spend a lot of time thinking it's, about it's fascinating that. but when has a player gone oh it's yeah. hot it's hot up here how does the planet spin i always play galileo i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> like i have to know this shit when i go and play a game how what's the temperature are we using fahrenheit or celsius Tell me. Oh, well, Celsius. I mean, come yeah. on. I'm not an animal. Playing <laughs> All right, watch your mouth. It's like licking the floor and wants to know the sodium contents of, a, of dirt. I mean, no spoilers, but fucking Star Wars came out. Some guy licked the earth and said it was salt. <laughs> so, like, Fair. you're always going to have a player that licks the salt. Like, you're going to have one. Hey guys, this is my your very very sleepy DM here, and just for a little middle mid, middle of the podcast chat, just you and me now. We're gonna like braid each other's hair and be best friends and um, drink the rest of this wine.
This is just a little middle of the podcast note about all the things going on. Uh, first off, sorry about some of the audio issues. There's problems with Matthew's audio, so we're just taking that straight from the live recording, so sorry if that sounds a little bit janky. Speaking of the live recording, um, my audio was a bit messed up for that, a little bit robotic and clippy, uh, so we're going to try and work that for the next time. We've been using Skype, but we might try out Discord, might try out TeamSpeak, we'll see what does us best. Just some other little advertisements. Also on Twitch, you will find the Unlikely GM, which is the wonderful Hemco. At 7 GMT every Sunday, you will be able to see uh, Unlikely Heroes. There'll be a D&D podcast where they're playing D&D. There are a couple episodes in, and you should totally go check that out. Also over here on Teacup Gamer, I stream most days from uh, like 3 p.m. GMT until like 7. So you get to see me play games and all that good shit. I think that's about it. Also, sorry that this is coming out so late. Uh, There was, say, a couple audio issues, and then my computer decided to shut down, and now I'm going to edit through the night to hopefully get this out before the next live episode. But if you do want to see the live episodes, that's going to be every Tuesday, 5 p.m., different rotating cast, always me as your host, because it's my channel, so I I, I can't not be here. Uh... (laughs) But yeah, so hopefully you'll see us then. I'll let you get back to the episode now and enjoy. This is a subject for another episode altogether where uh, we're going to talk about uh, improv. Spoiler alert. But uh, taking improv theater is such a boost to your game, both as a player and a GM. Um, and and just to so hear a little bit, you need to kind of let go and let yourself be guided by the players. I mean, I don't know about you guys, and maybe I'm making a wild assumption here, Ismay, but I know you're a decade younger than me. That means I also have a decade more of having built these worlds, and I guarantee you, time will wear you down, and you're going to get to a point where you will become frustrated at the fact that you wrote all this stuff, and all this stuff, and all this stuff, and most of it isn't interacted with by the players. And... You're not there now. I love world building before as well, and eventually it's like, well, but I, I, to be fairly honest, my goal is to set, set an amazing game. Um, and you have a finite amount of energy. Ever since I started listening more to my players, um, I've been spending it more efficiently on things that actually affect the players. If I had plenty of time, sure, I'd write up a list of custom gods, but as long as I have that time better to spend on things that players actually interact with, um, I'll do that. For example, in the latest in Unlikely Heroes, we've got one of the cast that uh, you can meet that is, um, is the cleric, and it's heavily astrology-based. I have never done anything with astrology ever, but the moment that player made that character, the next thing I did that week was write up entire custom astrology for the world because I know it's going to be used. I would have never done that if I didn't have a player that was doing it. So I wait for what the players are going to do and what I ask very much is the most important question to ask a group of new players for you is what are you trying to get out of that game? Listen to those answers from your players and then use those to spend your energy writing that part of the world. Yeah, I, th- I, I like that kind of like idea of making sure that like it's what the players are going to want in the end. It doesn't really matter like how much you write about the rest of the world as long as like you're making sure to listen to what your players are wanting from it. Because yeah, like I as I said, like I I've written like extensively about the gods in the world. Um, but so much of it just kind of went out the window when one of my characters was like, I want to be a cleric and I want to have this god that is not in your pantheon, that like you've never heard of before, but this is the god that I want. And just yeah. like, I, I, I really like that, to be honest, like just seeing like how this fit in 
to what I had already planned. Like, it, I think a lot of world building is just having the ability and the kind of sick intuitiveness to like throw it all out the window as soon as one of your players is like, this is what I want. A lot of the time writing an entire world is kind of a self-aggrandizing kind of gesture. Like you're creating a world for you, but really you're creating a world for the people that are around you. One of the problems I always have with D&D is when you're creating a world and your characters just appear in it and they don't have any prior knowledge of this world and realistically they would have some base knowledge on like geography and towns and stuff. So I like to, I usually like make like a sheet that has like each town and like the basic history that you would know. For example, like if I lived in this town, I would know, or oh, that town, there was a murder uh, that shaped the town and blah, 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 D&D. But <laughs> I like the fact the players to know a bit about the world and just have that like prior knowledge so they can like look at that and be like, oh, wow, that town sounds really cool. Like I had one of my characters who was playing a rogue thief and he looked at this basic information was like oh that town is um is like a town of industry and like it's run by fat cats i've got a vendetta there and i want to try and get my other players to go with me to this town whether they do that that's up to them but it just gives him some something to jump off of which i i really like doing that but how do yeah. you guys like do that like get your players like involved in the world without them like trudging around for like three hours like looking at rocks and stuff because that's what's happened before well that's a few things one i mentioned which is just listen to the players and add to the world what they want to get out of their players uh and what you said you sit down with the players basically that's that's your session zero is sitting down and and helping them connect to the world another is just be super strict on the players and tell them to um get knotted with their pre-made character going hey i'm looking for a campaign with this character it's like no you're looking for a campaign as a player and you'll make a character when you join the campaign and after you hear about the world and stick to that but also a way in that is it helps to, by all means, veer off it, but make sure you have players that are fine with reading. Especially with new people, they'll be like, oh, I really want to play D&D. &D. Yeah, and then yeah. they'll start playing and they'll be like, yeah. they won't like, do any lot. character <laughs> devices or <laughs> anything. I mean, even some old players, it's kind of like difficult to get them to yeah. uh, open up. But um, you you were talking about like how it, oh, asking how to get people involved with this kind of like yeah. world that you've brought up. And like I, that that was one of the the things that I was I was going to say that um because I've like created this world that's like not necessarily based on the players that is around the players and can adapt to the players but is primarily a world of its own. I was talking to one of my friends who is in the campaign and her character was a well is a druid and i've uh, i'm not going to talk to extensively about it because that's for next episode um but druids in my world are handled very differently um to the kind of stock idea of a druid running around a forest being like i, I love nature and it's beautiful and so i i told her how druids work in my world and i said why is your character not like this and i got nothing back for like two days and I was like, okay, that's fine. Like it's it, like, I, it's fine if you don't care. Like I'm, I'm cool with like just saying your character is the way they are. But then two days later, I get a full text document back about the backstory of her family and why 
they are not like everyone else and how their family has introduced themselves to the world as something different and now in different parts of my world her family name is well known and it's just that kind of satisfaction of realizing that yeah this these players were people before they came into the world they've grown up in the world it's not like like the the players are not the characters the players are dropped into this world and they have to figure things out the characters are already known and know a bunch of things about the world so i i found that very satisfying uh but i've also had it the other way where i ask why a character is not like the way i've set it up in my world and they're just like mm, i don't know reasons i guess and i'm like okay that's cool yeah. too whatever like what i um uh, in the chat and reese i think is their name <laughs> was talking about how they run into the problem where like when they create characters that they have so much backstory and they never use it i i found that when i play games the way i get characters to better interact with the world is by almost taking all of that backstory that they have and kind of putting it on the back burner and it's not disrespecting what they've done but you know uh we talked about improv a little bit and uh the most important thing when you're improving and you're telling an interactive story is that you rely on the other person too. So you want to make it as collaborative of a story as possible. And usually when I have players who create a very elaborate Tolkien epic story about themselves, uh, it, it almost limits them, you know, and I'm like, this story is about creating who you are. Yeah. It's not about establishing who you are. And yeah. so I, I tell people, I'm like, it's great that you have this. Yeah. Use it to justify your actions or use it to create a change in your character or to create dilemmas, but don't use it to prevent you from interacting with the world. The most important thing is that you're interacting with me and you're interacting with everybody else. And then you'll find like, oh, wait a minute, maybe I didn't want to, you know, have this tragic backstory with my puppy when I was three. <laughs> maybe I do want to pet the doggy. <laughs> He's so fluffy, yeah. you know? So, like, that's how I usually get them to interact is being like, your history doesn't define you. It's you're making it right now. It's sometimes yeah. hard to get that across to players that when you're level one, you're not an already a famous adventurer where everyone's worshipping you. You're a nobody. You've stepped into this world. You can barely swing a sword and the the growth of your character, but sometimes people are like, oh, I'm Paladin McPaladin and I'm going to walk in here and I'm going to smash his face. And then you just have to like try and teach them that they walk in there and they punch the biggest guy and the biggest guy eats them or something. Yeah. Just knock them down a few pegs. I'll be a bit more radical and uh, say as a GM, and as, as much as I understand, Ismay, your feeling about feeling so great about this amazing story that someone wrote up for the character... I say qualities simply screw your character's background. I don't give a shit. Part of my language. The, the 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 simple truth is, if you write me a background, I don't want to come back from it going, yeah, I just wrote, uh, I just read a novel about your character that, that that says nothing about who your character is now. If you're writing a background, it should be about like how does that affect why your character personality is like this right now, or it should include NPC hooks or something that can be used to create interesting interactions in game. But other than that, you know what your character's done before this. If there's some kind of wrapped up story in your background. And don't include it it's not relevant like I, I definitely take like a very different approach to that like I, I, I love getting mm -hmm. like 
essays about people's characters like that that's like my dream i like reading about dnd it's lovely it's absolutely lovely it's just and it's the same with the world building right both the character the great characters are great things that happen on the side in the background people that love writing and people that love reading it but when it comes to building the game it is complete background clutter it is non-essential i like reading what they write a lot because I graduated with an English major mm-hmm. and sometimes it's nice to read things. Uh, but <laughs> a lot of the time what I'll do is I'll be like, I'll read this lovely epic and I'll look at them and I'm like, you've wrapped up a, a lot of loose ends. How about we keep like that hook, but we make it unsolved. Yeah. yeah. Like that's what I usually do because I'm like, I, I act like an editor with them. I'm like, these are really interesting things. But I'm going to take my red pen and I'm going to X out a couple of stuff because I'm like, this is something I want to play with you. Speaking of interesting things, like, this is, like, all what I want to talk about forever, uh, but we might have got a bit off topic for the actual world building episode. (gasps) Oh, no. (laughs) How do you start building a world? How do you start building a world? Well, it usually takes seven days. (laughs) Like, that's, that was what was promised to me but yet here i am still making my goddamn world is that why you became an atheist i mean maybe. you were lied to I, I, they said i could do this in seven days i was still a god just as much as like the big dude in the sky how dare he make an entire world in seven days he obviously did not plan as well as i do clearly uh but speaking of like planning and things like um do you guys like make world maps is that like a thing that you guys do i hate maps (laughs) i hate maps to the bane of my existence but i make them just to give just to give the visual oh lordy that is 80 percent of all dming i hate it but i'm going to do it i am not a graphic designer but i uh i learned how to use photoshop and bought a a, a drawing tablet because i want to make handouts and maps for my DD game how much of a nerd am I? That's phenomenal. <laughs> it's That's uh, so it, good. I'm I not entirely sure how insane I am, but that, that, that is what I've done. I'm st- Hold on, let me crunch the numbers. Yeah, you're a nerd. Great. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, but the the map is the map is actually pretty good starting off point because it is that most basic framework of of what is the world. Uh, the great thing about a map is that all you literally have to do is put the name of a town there. And and you don't have to define anything else, and that and that is where what you were saying is may does help determining the climates and stuff about the world. So the moment you put that town on the map, you know where it is, you know where the climate is, you see the roots yeah. of the capital, and you kind of immediately logically a certain culture starts forming there. You haven't written anything about the town yet, but you have a certain idea of of what the players can expect when they get there. It's going to be a trading town. It's going to be mining town because it's on the edge of mountains. So the moment you plop it on the map, uh, without if you yeah. have nothing else, it already it already helps define it. I think so. What, what I what I did when I was creating um, a world, um, I I wanted to like create a proper world map. So I went on to this website called Incarnate, and it, it lets you it, it can give you like just like a randomly generated world, or you can create one yourself. Uh, I went right down the create one yourself way because like what what the fuck else am I doing with my time? Like having friends. <laughs> 
boo. So uh, I I went on there, but it didn't have a good system for zooming in because it always looked patchy and like the names weren't right. So I, I, I go on to incarnate, get my map, bring it over to Photoshop, blow it up. Thank you. So I was about to link. blow your mind. Uh huh. Right. There's this the link that's being posted is like an online map maker. Yeah, that's what it's, I'm talking about. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. just I was just like gone for thirty seconds. All right. <laughs> I got there before everyone else. <laughs> I love Incarnate. Like, I think it was really, it's a really good system, especially, like, if you want to just, like, it, you can make a map, like, really quickly and, like, the scale of it, you can up and down it. But I, I took that and I didn't, like, I couldn't like zoom in a lot so I bring it over to Photoshop make the words all nice and I used to hate them and now all I want to do is like make <laughs> towns and like show where they are in the world and I think it's fucking fun as hell I'm such a lame human I'll just uh <laughs> Uh, Based on I... what I just said, you're going for your lame human. I am the most lame. <laughs> God, we're going to have a nerd off and among DMs. <laughs> um, oh, God. Um, what I like to do is um, I take the approach where I'm like, I just need a small consolidated clump and I'll Google like different countries and try to look at which shape I like the most and I'll steal that shape and I'll go into Photoshop or I'll just, you know, go into OneNote and I'll erase all the all the colors with it. And then I'll randomly just plop little dots onto it and I'll make those established cities. And then once I make the cities, I create like borders and I'll maybe draw on a few rivers. But that's usually what I do. And uh, because I like I love Tolkien. I took a capstone in it. But what I don't like about Tolkien so much is like how he gets so wrapped up in maps and locations because my idea is I'm like all right I'll plop it up and I'll be like all right guys this is this is the general idea of where we're playing I I don't like having uh, a physical thing for them to look at all the time because I don't think it's that important I like playing in the realm of the mind in the shadow realm so I'm like I'm like please don't get wrapped up in the map because I'm not going to give a shit about it it's just to keep (laughs) it's just to keep me focused yeah and I know that that's a very different approach from you guys, but that's that's usually how I go. I, like, I, I think that that's like one of one of the important things about like world building in general is you you can create like you know an entire world that's got an entire ecosystem. You can know like every leaf on every tree, but as soon as like it comes, it it's never going to pass pass the player test. Like as soon as the players come in, it be prepared for it to all go out the window. That's what players which, do. They yeah. destroy your worlds. That's oh, you, yeah. you craft something and they destroy it, and that's an eternal cycle. Welcome to D anD. d That's a rule in theater. Is as soon as the actor gets on stage, every prop's gonna break. So be prepared. <laughs> like we're like as DMs, we are just like the children that have building blocks and want to create a nice big tower. Everyone else is the cunt that pushes it over and laughs. Don't don't ever make it clear that you like one of the NPCs you created because they Never. will destroy it. Hashtag Barry Blue Jeans. <laughs> no, but uh, I think what you what you asked earlier is how how do you how do you actually start building? To be fairly honest, um, yes. I hear people here that love writing in their spare time, but for most DMs, they want to create an adventure, and the world is a necessary backdrop, as said. And what I do is 
start with the story, start with the adventure, and then look what is necessary for that. And usually it comes from there. For my Unlikely Heroes game, as you can see from the first episode, it starts in a town called Tansby. And it is very well defined. It is all the all the NPCs are there. Why? Because it started off as, okay, what's the initial story going to be? Um, well, this is the bad guy. It's uh, going to kidnap the kids, and the players need to go rescue them. Okay, how do they find out about it? Well, they have to interact with an NPC. Uh, there's going to be a few hooks, and then I write those NPCs. Okay, um, define the town, define where it's happening. Okay, I now need a place where the kidnapping happens, and that is a location in town. And what's happening in the town at the time? Well, writing a festival and all these characters, what are these NPCs doing? Um, and and I end up fleshing out this town and the NPCs in it and, 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 and what, it's, what it's about because I know it's the first thing the players are going to be in and they're going to interact with it. And the next city on in the story is sort of defined, but not to that detail. And basically as the character on the road to that city, I'll start writing the characters for that city. One one little trick I always do at the end of, of the campaign, I make sure the players tell me what their intention is for next week or where they're going. You know, it's like, oh, where are you going to head off to? Oh, we're going to head off to there and there next week. Okay, excellent. All right. And then, I, you know, I can spend that week preparing the, the, the area that comes up. And I want to ask you guys, do you, because um, you seem to prepare a lot. Have you ever or ever considered preparing all this stuff in a very neutral way? Like preparing towns and NPCs, but not actually placing them in the world and just having them ready to grab whenever they come to a town you haven't defined yet? That's what I always do. Yeah, it, it's one of those ones of they can come to a town that you're like, I have planned out this town for months. Uh, they'll come to it and be like, I want to go to the town next door. So normally I'm just like, okay, yes, you go to a town next door. It looks the same. It's, it's the, the same exact town. same. <laughs> you yeah. just slap a new name on it, done. <laughs> Every time, that's what I do. I'm they just will like, never well, know. You're going to the fucking town I want you to go to because this is like a whole month. I'm making you go to this stupid town. Hey, as long as they, they the players aren't aware, look, they only need the semblance of free will. Okay. <laughs> oh God, we got dark. <laughs> We are the darkest timeline, oh no. <laughs> it's a little less Skyrim, a little more loading screens, you know. <laughs> oh no, it's, yeah. it's like, And that's the th- reason why I usually don't like giving maps to my players, because as soon as they get one, if I want to literally, sometimes I just want them to get to the next town, and I don't want to have a whole squirrel <laughs> yeah. adventure where they're collecting acorns yeah. or anything. So I'll be like, yeah, you got to the next town pretty quick. And then they'd be like, well, actually, you know, it actually <laughs> takes 40 paces to get there in 12 hexagon walking routes. So I can't get there right now. Draw the dungeon master's guide on them and going, I am the god of this world. Yeah. Do what I say. Go. Well, I think we're going into a different subject that is uh, story building, not world building or adventure building, which I'm sure is going to be another episode coming up, which I'd yeah. love to divulge more on it. But just very shortly now, I, I, I would say that is an issue that isn't necessarily a world building thing. There are many ways, and like I said, we can have another hour talking about that, where you as GM have the ability and the tricks and the tools to make people go places. I personally am of the opinion that as you as a GM don't entice your players to go to the place you want them to, of their own volition basically, you haven't done your job of creating an interesting story that they actually want to pursue if they want to if they look at the map and go like yeah screw the story i'm gonna go check out this random place on the map maybe your story hook isn't interesting enough just you know little critical thinking towards yourself that's generally how i look at myself at, at least but i'm generally quite critical yeah no I, I i entirely get that like i've i've not had it so far where they've entirely gone to a different place 
um, apart from in like situations where it wasn't necessarily a place that they needed to go like more of a oh there's a town that you can stay in on your travels and there's like cool let's go to the town next door because this one had a dragonborn that looked at me funny I'm like oh, <laughs> fine the next town is the same as this town are you happy like come on basically combining what Ilsandra just said in the chat with what you just said Isme um, is kind of I oh, I hope my players aren't listening okay <laughs> but Ilsana just said, I have a, it just has a random table of roll. Oh, they go somewhere I haven't prepared yet. I roll a random table, and they like having the random stuff and the stuff happening. I'll very often pretend they're rolling on a random table. Yep. That, the fudging <laughs> I the know rolls. exactly what's going to I want them to have this encounter, but I'll go, oh, roll a random encounter table. I, I don't give a shit what they actually roll, but I go, oh, okay, you rolled an 18. Yeah. Let me look that up. Oh, that is this encounter. They did not roll on a random table. Don't tell the players. We, we, yeah. We're again spoiler. We're, we've got a um, one of the episodes coming up that is going to be all about fudging the rolls, and I am very excited for uh, me telling that all my players that they're not allowed to listen to that one because <laughs> oh boy, uh, I don't fudge the rolls. I want to have honest because I I want to be just as surprised as players are, and that's again the cooperative storytelling. I am just as surprised. I am just as interested in, in what's going to happen. That's why I do the improv. That's why I don't define wild towns and let the players do it. Um, let's make a story together, and whatever the results yeah. of the dice is, is what's going to happen. But yeah, I'd need my plot points happening. So it's like, so mm, guess what? It's wolves. Like I don't care what your perception is. These are some <laughs> sneaky ass wolves, and you're going to fight them because you need to be. You need like your health down and a lot less spell slots before this next encounter. <laughs> the end of the day. Like, it doesn't matter how much work that you do, because I've always found is like that one chance thing that I completely made up off the skin of my teeth. They yeah. will focus on that <laughs> for hours. Oh. I'm so sorry I tapped BB-8. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I, I was like, <laughs> I thought the music was playing me out. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we're done, yeah. I guess. The outro is playing. Well then, that's uh, so. Like, I don't think I've got the money to pay for the royalties for that. That's cool. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. You'll have your Oscars emailed to you in a couple of hours. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, Matthew, what were you saying? Obviously, I don't remember. <laughs> But I think I think uh, I, I think we are running. I don't want to take your job, Isma. We're running low on time, but but we're yeah. going into adventure building, which is going to be a great subject for another hour discussion. Yeah, I was about to say that's a that's um. a good place as any to wrap it up this time. I think just like as a wrap up, I think like I don't know. I get like I I I've liked this a lot just for realizing how other people do the whole world building thing. Whether it's like whether it's like me and it sounds like Emily who yeah. seem to make giant worlds and then other things uh, kind of come later that use the world to play into them. Whereas like Hemko and Matthew seem to like kind of make smaller places and put them in the middle of a void where they can like add on to at any time instead of having a more like set rigid kind of world i don't know i i found this like fucking interesting as hell like seeing like what other people do to world build i don't know if anyone in this earth has found this useful well let's make it useful <laughs> let's make it useful very quick quick round uh one short tip that you want to give to new gm world builders is me uh well as i say for me I like the whole big world building. I say look through the Dungeon Master Guide, look through the things, read a little quick synopsis on each of the things, 
find which one makes you think the most and gives you ideas and just run with that. For me, it was the gods. I looked at it and I spent days making gods. Find something that interests you. If you find something that interests you to make a world, you're going to make a fucking dope world. And that's all there is to uh, it. Matthew, tip. Um, mine's not going to be a good... At the end of the day, world building doesn't matter. Um, what matters is NPCs. Um, you want to make interesting NPCs to go in the world because they're going to care more about the NPCs in the world anyway. I just clipped the shit out of my mic and I don't care. <laughs> Emily, quick tip. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck D and D. I'm fine with that. Let's all play Savage Worlds. We've already, um, already gone so off the rails. Oh let's God. play Pathfinder. No, uh, I I would say that figure once you figure out the hook, like a general hook for the world you want to build, whether it's you love gods and you want to play around with them, whether you just watched a new television show. Like, figure out the mechanics that you really enjoy about all of them and write down, like, a quick list. And then figure out what excites you about that and then approach building your world. Like, figure out the laws of it. And then you'll just find that the world happens naturally. And, Hemgo, what what about you? Uh, My quick tip would be ask yourself what is actually needed. Make that first. Like, the starting town or whatever, the starting hook or the NPCs for the story. Build these things you need for the adventure first ask yourself what you actually need to build first and once that's done you have this freedom to build whatever you like and um you'll be much more calm knowing that you're prepared for the first session awesome but yeah so that that's the end for us today uh Hebigo, you had a plug for us well yeah obviously uh, i mean uh <laughs> we are two episodes in now next sunday is going to be the third episode of uh, unlikely heroes uh, where i'll be uh, jamming and hosting you can uh, find me on uh, Twitter at UnlikelyGM and on Twitch, twitch.tv slash UnlikelyGM. It's, um, it's a D&D uh, adventure about, well, unlikely heroes. People who, um, a starting town where the town needed heroes and there were no heroes, so the players will do. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's all the plugs we've got for oh. today. Oh, sorry. 7 GMT. Sunday. I... <laughs> Seven GMT. <laughs> Rad. I, I, I like the idea that I've screwed everyone over and now everyone has to do things in GMT because it's my time zone. Oh, Everything's man. American. What are you doing around here? <laughs> I'm a pilot. I live in Zulu time, okay? It's, uh... <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, so, uh, obviously, I'm, you can follow me on Twitch where most of you are listening right now at a Teacup Gamer. Uh, where I'm usually like, you know, like screaming about games and shit. You can find all like my social media there in like the panels below. And also in the panels below, you can find uh, our Discord for Crit Chat, where people are starting to talk and you can all chat together, talk about this episode, talk about coming episodes, and give us ideas for future episodes. Um, but finally, uh, you can come see us again live next week, 5 p.m. GMT on A Teacup Gamer. And yeah, guess we'll sign off. I have been Ismay. What about you guys? Sign off. Bye. I'm Emily. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> I'll find that a way to make that smoother next time. <laughs> um, yeah. I like the muffled bye from three just, different voices. Just, uh, it's good. Bye.
Join us live on Twitch, Tuesdays at 5pm on A Teacup Gamer.